Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson. Today in our study of Isaiah 30, 18-33, we are going to see how God's self-exaltation is good. So today's readings are coming from the ESV, and I encourage you to open your Bible to the passage. I'm only going to read verse 18 today. However, I really encourage you to follow along since we will be hitting the whole passage today. So verse 18 of chapter 30 reads, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So first today, really as we study this, I'm really going to use verse 18 as the guiding focus for this passage. So first we're going to see that God exalt, exalts himself excuse me, to show mercy. So God waited on Judah to repent. This verse really ties in the previous section, verses 1 through 17, with this next section, 18 through 33. That's why you see that therefore. It appears twice in that verse, actually. So because Judah lacked trust in God, as we saw in verses 1 through 17, they would have to wait a little bit for God's redemption. He says the Lord waits. And really, I want you to realize that it's the Lord who's waiting. God is waiting on Judah to be ready for his salvation. If they weren't ready to humble themselves, God wasn't going to save them. God says, For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So God exalts himself. We see this through in here. He says he exalts himself to show mercy to you. So God exalts himself out of love. Now some think that God exalting himself is wrong because it is egotistical or prideful. However, if God didn't exalt himself, he would be depriving his children of the best thing they can look at. Think about it. Instead, if God didn't exalt himself, we would look to TV or to celebrities or to politics as our God, and that would fail us. That would be very unloving of God if he didn't show us that he was the best thing for us. If God didn't give us his word, which proclaims his glory, which proclaims his praise. If God didn't demand that we worship him, we'd be worshiping things that aren't God. We would live terrible lives because we wouldn't have God. Finally, we're going to see today that God is just and redeems all who trust in him. So God wants man to know that all those who wait for God, who believe in his plan for salvation, will be rescued. So, those who look to Yahweh, who exalt himself in all his glory, they will find deliverance. Those who look to God for some things but not for others, they're not going to find deliverance. Those who look to the God that they make up, they're not going to find deliverance. No, deliverance is only found in Yahweh God. I think it's pretty interesting how it, this passage talks about God revealing revealing himself with his name. A little bit later in the passage, in verse 27, it says, Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar. When he says the name of the Lord, 
He wants us to think of the care, the nature of God, all of God's attributes. That's really what Isaiah wants us to realize. We need to come to God with no preconceptions of him. Rather, we need to be molded by God. Our conception of God must come from Scripture, nothing else. So next, let's look to future and present glory. But first, we're going to look at future glory. First, in this future glory, we're going to see a love of God's guidance. This is the first thing that we get in this plan of redemption. This passage has fulfillment in three different time zones. The present, the first messianic coming, and then the second messianic coming. So this love of God's guidance refers to the first messianic coming and the pouring of the Holy Spirit on believers. Notice the language Isaiah uses. He says, teacher, your teacher, your eyes shall see, excuse me, your eyes shall see your teacher. And really, this is in contrast with verse 9, where we saw last time that the children were unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord. When the Holy Spirit comes, they will follow after what he says in his word. God's people will look to scripture because the Holy Spirit guides them there. This is how we get guidance from the Holy Spirit. Next, we're going to see a rejection of impurity. God's people are going to cast away their idols in favor of the Holy Spirit and what he says. The Holy Spirit guides us away from what is evil and to what is good. So we have that love of God's guidance that makes us want to obey the Holy Spirit, that makes us want to go to his word, see what he's inspired and believe. And then we walk. We walk away from impurity. We walk away from lust. We walk away from sinful actions. And we walk to a love of God and a love of his people. So finally, we see material blessings in this, in this future glory. So I want to look at this. God has given his people the bread of adversity. But in the time of the second messianic return, we will see God giving his children feasting. God, really, believers fail to look to Jesus' return enough. We really kind of... We kind of forget about that. We're really short-sighted. We prioritize so much the now that we fail to see that God is coming back. And this is what Isaiah is focusing on. He is showing not only the immediate sense where God's people have prosperity when they trust in God instead of those idols or in Egypt or in Assyria, Rather, he's also looking to the future, where Jesus returns in full glory, where he comes down on a white horse, has his millennium reign. That's where Isaiah is looking to, where the people of Israel are exalted. So finally, let's look at present glory. We've seen the future glory, where there is a love of God's guidance in for us current day, where we have the Holy Spirit. We also see a rejection of impurity, where we as believers reject what is wicked and turn to what is good. And finally, we see material blessing, 
where we have the bread of adversity, which Israel had eaten, and then they had material blessing in the immediate sense for them, where they had material blessing when they trusted in God rather than Assyria, Egypt, or idols. And then in the future sense for us, in Jesus' return, where believers will be exalted and the wicked will be brought low. And now we're going to look at present glory. So first, there's fury on Assyria. Assyria is going to have God's justice poured out on them who exalts. God, who exalts himself, pours out justice on Assyria, who exalts itself. That's what I'm trying to show you. Assyria, when they try to exalt themselves, they are not only sinning against God, they're depriving their people of seeing God. And that's why God's upset. God is furious when his creation tries to exalt itself above the creator. And we're going to see in Isaiah 36-39 how this plays out. Then there's joy in Judah. God's people rejoice because they were delivered after waiting for the Lord. They aren't afraid of the wrath of God. And that's really crazy. God's wrath is a terrifying thing, yet God's people could rejoice. Even though they did fear it, knowing it was a crazy power, they also weren't terrified because they knew that they were hidden by Jesus. So today we saw three things. First, we saw how God exalts himself to show mercy. Then we saw future glory, how there was a love of God's guidance, a rejection of impurity, and future prosperity when Jesus comes and reigns for a thousand years. And finally, present glory, where there's fury on Assyria, but joy in Judah. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us at Facebook at Adopted Believers.